Hey everybody, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain, and great to have you with me today on episode 112 of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming those everyday challenges we face in life. Hey, don't forget to check out LanceBain.com as well. Many other resources there. You can learn more about me. We can communicate together through the website, and I would really love to hear from you. Hey, we've got a special guest today, this week and next week on our podcast. It's my good friend, Scott Tavalacci, who is one of our pastors here at our church. He's a successful businessman. He is a husband. He is a father of three adult children, and he's a good friend. And I really love his friendship, love his partnership that we have in leadership together. He serves as the treasurer on our church board. He is an author of two books. One of those books is on the subject of divine healing, um, an awesome book. And his newest book is on Kingdom Master Builders. And you want to know more about Scott, you can check out KingdomMasterBuilders.com, KingdomMasterBuilders.com. And uh, he's got some video material there, audio material, and you can learn more about him. So I'm excited today for Scott to be sharing with us about kingdom authority and kingdom leadership. Would you welcome Scott as he shares with us today? Hey, good afternoon, Lance. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to share a few things uh, to your listeners. Um, today, I want to talk about kingdom authority and leadership. And with that, talking really about one of the primary uh, pitfalls that many leaders get into. And I'm talking about not just leaders in, in anything, but I'm talking about leaders in the kingdom of God. A lot of times we may think, you know, what is a leader? Uh, people out there um, sometimes think they're not a leader, but a leader is anyone who can, a uh, person who can guide or direct anyone. So my thought is, I believe everybody is a leader in one shape or form. You can be a leader in your family. You can be a leader with your friends. You can be a leader at work. Um, anyone that you can guide or direct, you're a leader. Um, and in the kingdom of God, uh, we want to guide and direct people in a certain direction. So I've come up with a definition about what I call as kingdom leadership, because the kingdom of God operates in a different manner. So kingdom leadership is leadership that intentionally guides and directs people towards the culture, uh, or another word for culture, or values of the kingdom of God. And they, they're doing that with principles that allow the kingdom authority, and this is really important to work through us. And this happens through relational connection with God and one another. And I think it's important for us to understand that that understanding of authority does happen with connection first to God, but then with one another. And when we talk about culture, we can also interchange the word values or principles are all, all, all interchangeable for the word of culture. And the kingdom of God, just like any other kingdom, any other nation has a certain culture of how it operates. And when Jesus came to the world, and especially as you read in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is constantly talking about how the kingdom op operates, who is the greatest in the kingdom, how to pray in the kingdom, 
um, you know, what is important in the kingdom, to seek first the kingdom. So that particular principle is very important. When I think about leadership in the kingdom, I, I really define it in a couple ways, but leadership in the kingdom is, starts all with all about following God. So when we're following God and God is influencing us, I believe then is imparted to us to influence others. And I like what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And he said, become then followers of God as children, beloved, and walk in love as also Christ did love us and did give himself for us an offering and a sacrifice for God for an odor of a sweet smell. So Paul is talking about following God. He also says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 1, he said, be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. So leadership is really starts all about following God. So if we're talking about kingdom leadership, we talked about leaders influence people. We talk about how leadership starts in the kingdom, which starts with following God. But let's talk about what the kingdom of God is. And I think this is a subject a lot of people don't really understand because we hear about the kingdom of God, that Jesus came and talked about the kingdom of God. Uh, we pray the Lord's Prayer where we say his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I don't think we have a personal comprehension of that because in order to have authority in the kingdom, you need to understand it. So I like to say this, that the kingdom of God is the dominion of God in the hearts and minds of people. When I say dominion, I mean the influence of God, the influence of the kingdom, how the kingdom does things. Jesus said in uh, Luke chapter 17, and he really defines where the kingdom of God is. It's not a nebulous thing out there. It's not just in heaven. It's not in another nation. He said this, and the Pharisees uh, asked Jesus, when the kingdom of God would come. And he says this in Luke 17. And the reason they asked him was because the Pharisees and the time of Jesus and the Jews were all waiting for the kingdom of God. And they had in their mind that this kingdom was an earthly kingdom. Um, like David's kingdom, when David came and set up this kingdom, when he set up the kingdom, it influenced the world around it. It was a massive kingdom of power and strength, and they were able to conquer all the other kingdoms around them. And they were thinking that here comes another Messiah, one like David was supposed to come and has had set up a kingdom just like that. But Jesus didn't want to set up a kingdom like that. He wanted to start in the hearts of men because he said this, he said, people can't observe the kingdom, uh, observe the coming of the kingdom of God. They cannot say here it is or there it is. Like here, you go to this country, you go to this place. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. So the dominion and the influence of the kingdom starts within us. So what does that mean? It's allowing God through the person of Jesus Christ to influence our life and influence the way we act. So when we think of the Lord's prayer in that prayer, I, I love thinking about this and meditating on it when he says, his kingdom come and Jesus was teaching them how to pray. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we think, okay, God, we want your will done on this planet Earth. But I've realized this, that as, as I understand who we are, that God has made us out of Earth. You think of the book of Genesis where he said he made man and formed him out of the dust of the ground. And then he breathed in him the breath of life. So when we think of that, I think that I'm made of Earth. So I think of his kingdom come, his will be done on Earth. And I like to pound my chest 
earth is me. God's will on this earth starts with me. God's dominion on this earth starts with me. And when he starts influencing my thought, my actions, how I react to people, how I think, then that influence will change the way I do things. And then as a result, it will also influence the world around us. And when we think of the kingdom, Jesus wanted to release the authority of that kingdom in mankind, and he wants that kingdom to influence mankind. And I, I, I look at what Jesus did with his disciples and apostles because he knew he wanted to make them leaders in, their, in the kingdom. He wanted to make them uh, people who would influence this world. And during the time that Jesus was with his disciples, he was training them about being leaders and he was training them some of the pitfalls that leaders fall, fall into. The first really um, detail of this we see is in actually Matthew chapter 16. And here's the situation. Jesus is with, with his apostles, they're talking, and the, the people at that time are saying, you know, you know, different things about Jesus. Is he the prophet? Is he the Messiah? Is he the one who's coming? And so Jesus asked them a question in Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19. He said, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But the most important thing Jesus said to them is, but who do you say that I am? because it was important that they understood who Jesus was. And Simon Peter, as usually, being the one who opens his mouth, and this time when he opened his mouth, um, the words that came out of his mouth were powerful because they were true. He said, you are the Christ, meaning the anointed one, the one son of God, the savior of the world, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I will say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. And notice what he said after this, because this is important, because anytime the Bible talks about keys, keys represent authority. Okay, now let me read this statement again. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth loose is loose in heaven. So the first thing we need to understand, in the kingdom, authority starts with revelation. So what do I mean revelation? I mean a divine uh, thought that is revealed from God to you. I like to say this is that you can't live on other people's knowledge and revelation. It has to be something revealed to you. So when Peter said this, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, this was a powerful statement because Peter knew who Jesus was. He knew who, who is, what his purpose was, and he knew that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. So this was what Jesus called, he said, upon this rock, 
Now, there's been a lot of discussion of this scripture because he says, you are Peter, which is small rock, and upon this rock, which is kind of a large, big stone, I will build my church. So it's the rock of revelation knowledge. There's something about when you have revealed knowledge about something and it's it's real to you that nothing can move you on it. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Revelation brings you to a place of understanding. That understanding brings you to a place of stability because you know this is true. So Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And then he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So when we talk about the gates of hell, we're talking about the authority of hell. So when we talk about the authority of hell, Jesus said this revelation knowledge is so powerful that the authority of hell, and those gates kind of represent where that authority is, cannot overpower it. So I think at at this point we should kind of think about that and think about, you know, in in the Psalms where the psalmist said something, he said, Selah. And uh, I heard uh, a minister one time say, you know, the best way to describe that is stick that in your pipe and smoke it, meaning just meditate on that because the gates of hell do not have any power. And Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of God. So keys always represent authority. So when we have keys, keys open up doors. And the doors that we open up represent all the power and the authority of the kingdom. One of the things I've learned about keys is keys don't open doors by themselves. You got to learn how to go and stick that key into the lock and open the door. And so that's what Jesus wanted to teach his disciples. He said that, you know, I have given you authority. And really, this is the first time that Jesus was telling them that they were going to be leaders in the kingdom. They knew what Jesus was talking about when he said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom of God. And then he also knew what he was talking about. He says, when he said to them, what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Those are terms of someone in authority being able to bind and loose things. At the time, if a king wanted to bind something or bind a person or stop something, guess what? They had the authority to do that. If they wanted to loose something, they had the authority to do that. So this is the first time that Jesus is telling them, A, that he's going to give them the keys and B, that they're gonna be leaders in the kingdom, and in that leadership, they're gonna have power and authority uh, in the kingdom of God. So that's important to understand that they knew their calling, but I I want you to see something here. Many times when we have revelation, and then we understand that revelation, it doesn't mean that we understand the power and authority behind that, nor how to walk in that. Because immediately after this, something very interesting happened. And this is something that we need to understand. Peter was exposed for things that was very important for him to understand if he was going to need, if he was going to learn how to use those keys in the kingdom. So right after this time, and just think about this, this was a time where if I read the four gospels, this was probably Peter's greatest commendation that Jesus gave him. 
He talked to him about, you know, that I've given you the keys. This is a rock of revelation knowledge. You know, man hasn't given this to you, Peter. God did. And as a result of this, you know, this is going to help you be a leader in my kingdom and release authority in my kingdom. So I can imagine Peter after that happened thinking, wow, that's really good. Wow, that's really good. I understand. I, I'm called to be a leader. But right after this, and it's just literally recorded in the Gospels in verse in Matthew 16, 21 through 25, it says this. From that time, meaning right after Jesus told them about that, you know, that he was going to give them the keys of the kingdom, that they have the revelation, that they're going to have power and authority, they're going to be leaders in my kingdom, right after that, and this is typical of the Lord, you know, when you, some great victory or revelation comes after that, we always have to have one eye open because there's another side of this that we have to understand because we will be challenged in our lives to learn how to walk in those things. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised up on the third day. So then this is what happens. Jesus is telling them about what's going to happen, that he is going to die on the cross, that the leaders in Jerusalem who have been trying to catch him and kill him since he really came on the scene are eventually going to be able to do that and that he's going to die, and that he was going to be raised from the dead, which they didn't really understand. Peter heard that. He said, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. So I can just see Peter's thinking, okay, Jesus, you just said I'm going to be made a leader in your kingdom, and I assume you're going to be the head king, and we're going to be the under kings, or you'll be the head dude, and we'll be the under dudes. And then Jesus is just saying, well, I'm going to die. So Peter's head had it till like, time out. Well, if you're going to die, what's going to happen to us? So Peter thought of that, and, and then he goes to Jesus, God forbid this shall, this shall never happen to me or happen to you. So Peter didn't really understand what Jesus was talking about. He didn't understand what was going to happen in the kingdom. And all of a sudden, he was saying, well, I'm, if I'm going to be Jesus's under leader, well, I got to stop this. And then Jesus responded. Now, I thought Peter probably thought he was being, you know, a responsible under leader. I'm going to protect Jesus. But he turned and said to Peter, and I can imagine this. This was after the greatest commendation that Jesus gave to Peter. Jesus is talking about, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Peter doesn't understand. And all of a sudden, his thoughts of glory of being one of his underleaders, well, if Jesus dies, how that's going to happen. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, think about that. He said, you are a stumbling block to me. Okay, wait, wait, Jesus, aren't I one of your under dudes, under leaders? And Jesus is calling Peter Satan. Now, commendation, condemnation. 
Meaning I could see at that point, not that Jesus was condemning Peter, he was condemning the thought and the motive behind because Peter got immediately exposed for something that is one of the major stumbling blocks for all leaders. And most of us don't understand it. He got exposed for something called jealousy and selfish ambition. And Jesus said to him, for you're setting your mind on God's interests, not, not man. We'll pick it up on the next podcast from here.